What's up, everybody? Welcome to another week, another episode of the Review It Rob show. I am, of course, your host, Review It Rob, coming at you with all the latest movie news and all the latest movie reviews and all that stuff. Hope everybody's been having a good time, having a good weekend. Hope everybody out there's doing good. Me, personally, doing pretty dang good myself. Not much to complain about. Not much really going on. Last weekend, I was out hanging out with people. This weekend, very much to myself, hanging out with myself again. Um... Did a did uh, did a lot of movie watching this weekend, which I will talk about in the second half of this episode. And I finished up a game, man. Um, finally finished up the game Man of Maidens, made by um, Supermassive Games. They're the same. Probably said that wrong. We already know already. <laughs> made by the same people who created Until Dawn. You already know how much I love that game. So finally was able to play Man of Maiden, the first in a anthology of horror games they're putting out, and. You know, overall, after I finally finished it, first off, going through it, it wasn't the best of times. It was fun, but it's not the best of times. It's nothing like Until Dawn. It's not as good as Until Dawn. And, you know, I finished it up. And again, you know, the game is fine. It's it's not on the same level as Until Dawn. So I'm super interested in seeing how Little Hope goes. Little Hope looks like a little more fun, a little more stuff going on. I wonder how many times I can say Little for the Little Hope. <laughs> um... But yeah, it definitely seems like Little Hope should be right back on track. And again, like I said, Man of Maiden is not the worst game in the world. I've played worse games. Uh, TNA Impact, looking at you. And, um, you know, I can't wait to get back on that route. But other than that, not much going on, really. Just, you know, like I said, watched a bunch of movies I'm going to talk about later. And we can honestly just go ahead and jump into the news from here. This might be a quick episode. And honestly, going into recording this episode... I thought I was just going to do like a news episode, but then I'm like, the show's revealed, Rob. we got to review something, man. And I guess I kind of just did with uh, Man of Maiden, but nonetheless, go, let's go ahead and jump into the news portion of the episode with uh, the Batman news. Of course, the Batman starring Robert Pattinson, the Matt Reeves flick coming soon with, uh, like I said, Robert Pattinson, uh, Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell, so many amazing talents in this film. Got to see our first look during DC Fandom. Um, awesome trailer. I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting for this film, man. Some new stuff came out this week. Some on-set photos leaked. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I don't want uh, to release any spoilers out there for people who don't want to hear them. Just going to say that uh, one of the photos showed that there is very much the possibility of other DC heroes existing in the same time frame okay not so much that they're in the film but that they exist during the same time frame okay also another picture that came out i don't know why i took that long pause just then i got a headache i've been working on all day long decided to fast my body hates me when i decided to do that um anyways another photo came out with um a year on it and the longest rumor going on with this film was that this film would be set in the 90s, and I think that's just a rumor that people had because Penguin and Catwoman are in the film like, hey, last time that happened was in the 90s, man. Um, I never saw any reason why this film would have been set in the 90s, but that was a rumor that was going around. But one of these photos that leaked shows something saying 2019. So uh, the film, essentially, we can... Pretty much confirmed without confirming that the film is taking place 2019, which is awesome, man. Put it in the current time frame. We don't need to be going back in time. We're well on our way to setting up a new world with uh, all these DC films and 
rebuilding, setting up a new timeline, all that good stuff, where, of course, with the Flash, everything's just going to go madness, which is awesome. Um, Marvel's doing the same thing over there. Basically, they're going to be going into madness as well. Both film companies jumping into the timeline, messing around stuff and multiverses and Earths and all that stuff. So, fun times for us moviegoers, for sure. But, uh, yeah, that was the stuff that happened with the Batman. Very interesting photos released. If you want to check them out, just go. you can go look online. I didn't want to give too many spoilers there about the possibility of what's going on. Just uh, some interesting stuff. Um, also dropping today, it was the teaser and a new website for the film, or the next film in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Now, uh, this poster came out, and it had the following written on it. In 1974, the world witnessed one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. In 2021, the face of madness returns. This, um... Was, of course, the tagline on the brand new poster for the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. I am not the hugest Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan in the world at all. I've seen every single one of these movies that have come out, and they've just done absolutely nothing for me. I, I've never understood the the love for it. I mean, people love what they want, and that's cool. I, it, just, it doesn't grab me. I, I, it never has. <laughs> every single uh, release, every single... Um, creation of it is just nothing's been there for me as far as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre goes. Uh, the franchise currently has looks like eight films, with the most recent one being released in 2017, which was called just Leatherface. Leatherface being the main character of the franchise, of course. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm not like I'm not huge into Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you know that franchise is going to just get you wondering, hey. Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Can you get something going over there? Um, probably easier for Nightmare on Elm Street because the Craven family has the rights back to that film. Friday the 13th is just in legal hell, apparently. But hopefully something can get going over there. Uh, speaking of things getting going, look at that Segway, baby. Yes. Uh, filming has begun and is very much underway for the next Spider-Man film. The third Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man film, if you will. Uh, in New York City, of all places. Uh, and apparently, on top of that, uh, there is an Expo, Expo Sin 2020 event happening where Sony Pictures has allegedly said that they will get, will be giving us our first look at the sequel to Spider-Man Far From Home this December 2020. Very interesting. It seems very quick, especially if they just started filming. Um... But yeah, it's interesting because December 2020, Wonder Woman is still scheduled to come out that year. This that year, and that's very much a Marvel thing. That when DC has something going on, Marvel likes to put something out around the same time. I'm sure DC's done it as well. It's just healthy competition. But it's very interesting, and we'll see if this actually happens. One, but two, if they'll still go forward with it if Wonder Woman 84 gets pushed back, which uh, Patty Jenkins recently said she's not so sure of the December, uh, the Christmas release date at the moment. So. Nothing's been changed yet, but that's kind of worrisome as well. And at the same time, once Regal decided they were closing theaters, it was kind of almost a guarantee that this film would pretty much be pushed back. So we'll wait and see on that. Uh, a lot of films have been pushed back 2021, which means, good lord, like every single day you're going to have to go to the theaters next year. Um, probably not the greatest. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just like you're going to be, yeah, it's, 
films going to be competing against each other left and right. It's going to be a freaking bombing year for sure. And I mean, obviously, I love movies, so I'll be there and I'll be reviewing as many of them as I can. But 2021 is going to be hectic, hectic, man. It's going to be really, really hectic. I know there was like a Disney, a Disney, um, I want to say executive, something, somebody, something that had to do with Disney who said he thought be much better for business if Black Widow went to Disney Plus, um, which I don't disagree with him. Disney Plus getting some stuff to bring people in would be a great idea. You know, I I mean maybe it's just me because I don't really care all that much for that Black Widow movie. But at the same time, I mean, I think it would make a whole lot of sense to just release Black Widow on Disney Plus, get a lot more people tuning into Disney Plus because that would obviously get you more subscribers to the network, I mean, you're competing with Netflix, who's constantly putting out original content, and creative content, and new content, and it's like, you know, Disney Plus is just waiting around and everything, and I think Milan actually did pretty decent, so, you'd think it would be the smart thing, but they pushed uh, Black Widow back, so, more on it, who cares, (laughs) you know, we'll wait for uh, that film as well, can't wait to see what it sets up, at least, you know, and I can't wait to see Florence Pugh and, uh, uh, David Harbour, yeah, um, other comic book news, I got a lot of comic book news on this episode, the amazing, wonderful, extremely handsome Michael B. Jordan and his team, Outliner Society, have signed on to produce a upcoming film for Static Shock, based on the 1993 comic series of the same name, um, this is to produce, don't expect Michael B. Jordan to star as Static Shock, uh, Static Shock is a 14-year-old. <laughs> I know it would be um, wouldn't be the first time Hollywood's had somebody older than teenagers teenage years play a teenager, but don't look don't look for him to be playing the character of Virgil Virgil Hawkins um, or Static Shock. But you know, just going into it, Virgil uh, Virgil Hawkins is a member of the fictional subspecies of humans with superhuman abilities known as metahumans. Uh, like the Flash, man. Not born with his powers, Hawkins' abilities develop after an incident exposes him to a radioactive chemical. This event renders him capable of electromagnetic control and generation. So he's like a freaking electro dude. Um, electro dude, I could have said Raiden. Anyways, um, he's got the electric power, baby. He's got the electric boogaloo. He's going to be electric shocking everybody going around. Anyways, um... That's cool, man. Michael B. Jordan's awesome. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the film in any way. Obviously, he won't be playing Virgil Hawkins. Um, But that's cool. It's cool to see him working there. I know he's got a lot of stuff going on with his Outliner Society as far as producing some films. And good on him, man. I like Michael B. Jordan. like a lot of his work. He's a fantastic actor, man. So can't wait to see what his production company's got going with this uh, Stag Shop film. Uh, speaking of earlier, I was talking about Disney Plus, and I was talking about Netflix and original content and bringing some stuff to the plate. Amazon Prime is bringing someone to the plate, a remake to the plate. They have greenlit a series based on the 1997 horror film, I Know What You Did Last Summer. That's right, I Know What You Did Last Summer is making a return to the screens. This will be a TV version, and I find it interesting because this film very much came on the success of Scream. And now, with Scream 5 being announced, I know what you did last summer is coming back around once again. And it's going to be on TV screens. You know, more power to them. I think it would actually work really well as a TV series as opposed to Scream, 
which Scream was fine. I mean, the first season was great. I didn't follow the second season, and that thing they put on VH1 was god-awful. But I think I Know What You Did Last Summer will do really good as a TV show, and be worth the check out, man. You know, not the worst of the 90s films by any means. You know what? While we're on it, maybe we're getting a resurgence of 90s films now. Does that mean freaking... I think Urban Legend's already being remade. Does that mean we're getting another Final Destination film? Hey, it's possible. <laughs> Anything's possible. We can just wait and hang on and see what happens here. Um, also, coming from Variety, they're reporting that Netflix has given the series order to a show by the name of First Kill. will be an hour, one-hour television series that's based on a same-titled short story from Victoria Schwab. It will be produced by one of my favorite Scream Queens herself, Emma Roberts, who I've absolutely loved. She's become a Scream Queen out of nowhere for me. Loved her on the show, Scream Queens. Loved her in Scream 4. Loved her on American Horror Story. She's doing some great stuff, man. She's very much a Scream Queen to pay attention to. And, you know, the show basically takes place when it's time for a teenage vampire to make her first kill so she can take her place among a powerful vampire family. She sets her sights on a new girl in town, but much to her surprise, the new girl is a vampire hunter from a family of celebrated slayers. Both find that the other won't be so easy to kill and unfortunately way too easy to fall for. So teen vampire romance, we've seen it before. Some people love it. Um, bring it on, man. I'm into it. Like I said, Emma Roberts is producing it. Hopefully she'll be somewhere in stardom. I think she's pregnant right now. Congratulations to her and the lucky man. Um, so who knows if she's going to be starring in it or not. But, you know, it's a Netflix show. I will check it out <laughs> in time. I mean, it's vampires. It's going to be worth a check out. Last teenage vampire thing I watched, I think, was Twilight. And I did not dig that all that much. That was, yeah, that was not for me. But, hey. I will give just about any and everything a chance because I can't fully judge anything without seeing it with my own eyes. So I will be waiting for that. Definitely love me some Netflix uh, original content. Can't wait to see what this one brings with it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be the news for this week's episode. Again, take a pause and I'll be back with a movie talk review slash tough. Be right back. Do you like to go to Halloween Horror Nights? Do you yourself like Hollow Scream, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and other scary things? Or maybe on the weekend, you like to summon a ghost or go find yourself a demon. If you do, then this is the podcast for you. Haunters! You can follow us every Wednesday on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Haunters Pod. Where we're ready to haunt you. Ah, wonderful, it comes off kind of creepy. We're keeping it! Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! <laughs> I, I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Accidents happen at home. 
How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Miss Peterson's dead. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who was on the counter. Andy. Andy. Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky. He came alive in my hand. I, I, I... Oh, for God's sake. Why won't you believe me? Because I'm sane. This is Barkley sane and rational. No one believes the truth. <laughs> or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about child's play. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. That was the trailer for the horror icon himself, my favorite horror icon, the one, the only, the infamous killer doll, Chucky, baby. I love me some Chucky, man. Anybody who knows me knows I love me some Chucky, baby. So, I talked about over the weekend, I went through a lot of um, a lot of movies, and the movies I went through was the... Uh, the Chucky slash Child's Play series. Now, this is a series I've seen multiple times and I absolutely fell in love with on first sight and been in love with ever since. And, you know, just one day I was like, and I'm going through that whole 31 movies in um, 31 days deal. And, you know, I watched every single Chucky film because I just got the craving to watch um, a Chucky film. Because, like I said, he's my favorite horror, horror icon and I just love you know, watching those movies, and I was like, and that took up my time, that's why I don't have another movie to review, but which is fine, because, you know, talking about Chucky is just absolutely awesome, so I figured I would go through the films in release order, and, which is chronological order as well, uh, the timelines don't really mess around with each other all that much, um, so yeah, that's basically what I'm gonna do on this episode, let's just talk about my favorite horror icon, we're in the month of Halloween, we're in the month of, uh, celebrating horror, and I thought celebrating Chucky is something to do, because he doesn't, he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of love, but not as much love as I think he deserves, so, starting at the beginning, first film, Child's Play, released in 1988, same year I was born, of course, me and Chucky were born in the same year, it was, it was meant to be, right, so that first, that first film, which the, uh, the trailer you just heard was from the first film. Super earnest, man. Super honest, super real. Um, Chucky is not in the film all that much. I mean, the doll's in the film, but he's not really moving and doing much. And You don't really see Chucky all that much in the film, which I think is one of the great things. And it's very suspense, suspenseful, and you're waiting for your first time to see Chucky come alive. And when you finally see that on screen, it's like, oh, my God. Good reveal, very, very well done, very well handled movie. It's one of those movies from the 80s that isn't, um, you know, I can't, I've lost the word, but there's a lot of movies from the 80s when you watch them now that are just, they don't hold up. And I think the first Child's Play film definitely holds up. And it's, 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 it's just, they just took it so serious. And I thought that was like the best way to take it because you're already dealing with something that people are like, well, it's a doll. It's a it's a toy. How how is that going to scare anybody? But 
they did it well, man. They did it really, really good. And, you know, I think that's why this film hit so well. Even Steven Spielberg, the movie film mastermind himself, who helped save the Child's Play series. Um, after the first Child's Play film, it didn't look like there was going to be maybe anymore, or um, MGM didn't know what they wanted to do with it. Good old Steven Spielberg helped Universal Studios get uh, the rights to the Chucky uh, Child's Play series going forward. So, good enough for Steven Spielberg, man. It's good enough for a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, the first film, super honest, super real. They took things extremely serious. Um, going into Child's Play 2, which released two years later in 1990, has been not just considered by me, but it's actually considered by a lot of people to be one of the best horror sequels in history. And when you watch the film, you can understand why. Again, like just like the first film is taken very serious, obviously in this film we see Chucky moving around more, get more interaction in Chucky, get more personality from Chucky in this film, but it's not enough to where it gets to the ridiculous point. Still very real and still very earnest and, you know, honest. And it's like, freaking A, man, this Chucky thing is, this is a big deal. And like I said, Child's Play 2 hits it out of the park. This is the first... Chucky film, I'm sure the first Chucky film I ever saw, uh, at least in 1990, about two years old, so yeah, it's probably the first Chucky film I ever saw, and I remember, like I said, I fell in love right away, I just loved the idea, and Chucky is just one of those characters where it's like, holy crap, man, this is, this is interesting, you know, this is very, very interesting, and then what happened is that film obviously did very well, and they rushed to Child's Play 3. And when I say they rushed to Child's Play 3, man, they rushed to Child's Play 3. The movie came out the very next year in 1991. And the problem here is, like, not only did they rush it, I don't think they clearly had an idea ready for Child's Play 3 because Andy, Andy Barkley, is the kid who, you know, gets the Chucky doll and becomes friends with uh, the Chucky doll and everything like that. And you go into the film series, he and Chucky are connected. But in Child's Play 3, Andy's older now. He's no longer the little kid. He's much older. He's in a military um, camp uh, because he's basically an orphan at this point and basically an orphan, not like fully orphan or anything. But yeah, they just aged him and they put released the film a year later and just it didn't make sense for that move, especially that quickly. So yeah, I think they really rushed Child's Play 3. And when you watch the film, it's not the best of the series by any means. It's not the worst. I will get to the worst in a little bit. Um, but Child's Play 3, is it's fine. It's it's not the best movie. There's some good scenes in it. There's some good laughs in it. This is, I think, where they started turning to um, make Chucky a little more comical. And while you still got some of your seriousness in the film, it definitely started becoming a lot more comical in Child's Play 3. And like I said, I think they just lost their vision of what they had, and they were just trying to make it more character-wise, kind of like a lot of horror movies did. I mean, you look at the first horror movie in just about any series, and you look at the sequels, and they just started becoming more comical. It doesn't doesn't really necessarily make all that much sense why they do, but, you know, something that happens in the tropes of movies. But, yeah, Child's Play 3, not the best. <laughs> um, and we actually... From there, we take a good break. So, you know, 1988, we get our first film. 1990, we get our second film. In 1991, we get our third film. And then we take seven years till we release the next Chucky film, which is released in 1998, ten years after the original film. And this is Bride of Chucky, 
the first ever Chucky film that I ever owned, and I bought it on VHS after seeing it in a Walmart walking around. It was in like one of those uh, aisle shelf dealios. One of the spinning aisle shelves, not like one of those somewhat fancy ones they have now, man. Like one of those little wire things that spun around and all that. VHS movie, I think I got that in like the best of the rock WWF video. <laughs> um, I wish I still had that freaking Bride of Chucky VHS because that would be cool to have. But I don't know what happened to it. I have no idea what happened to it. Probably got lost in a move. But yeah, it was the first Chucky film I ever owned and I absolutely love and adore Bride of Chucky. I think it's just great from start to finish. It's freaking... Great kills, great personality, great acting, and um, it's it's hilarious. It's a hilarious movie. I remember young me watching this movie, and like the first thing I see, I'm like, I see a Michael Myers mask, I see a Leatherface's chainsaw, Freddy's claws, Jason's um, mask. I'm like, holy freaking crap, man! All these horror things exist in the same world and all that. It's just Chucky, Bride of Chucky, is like an overall just fun film like i've seen a lot of people on twitter recently sharing their like their uh happy horror films or their uh greatest pleasure horror films or whatever the heck they call it uh not guilty pleasure i don't know um whatever they call it and bride of chucky is like on like towards the tops of my list as one of those movies that i can just always watch over and over again never get tired of absolutely love it from start to finish, I don't think there's a bad thing in there whatsoever. Um, John Ritter, rest in peace to that amazing man. He's fantastic in the film. It's just everything about Bride of Chuck is just so solid. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's a part of, um, he's not in it, but his song, Living Dead Girl, plays at the beginning of the movie. And I that's my first introduction to Rob Zombie was that film. Been in love with Rob Zombie ever since. He's my favorite singer and everything. So, yeah, that film introduced me to a lot of stuff. And so much love, man. And I will always love Bride of Chucky. It's my favorite of the Chucky series. From there, we get to my uh, least favorite of the Chucky series. We took another break from films here. Um, Bride of Chucky was released in 1988. Next film comes out in 2004, Seed of Chucky. And good lord, Seed of Chucky took a massive turn. Um, while Bride of Chucky was very comical, it was still had some seriousness to it. And there's still some things you can take serious. Cedar Chucky, man, what a friggin' acid trip dream of a movie this is. Just so much wild stuff going on, and just, again, I think it's one of those moments where they lost their vision of what they want. Or at the same time, man, they're just like, freaking screw it, we, our main character's a killer doll, we can do whatever we want with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cedar Chucky just felt like a weird movie, dude. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's some scenes in the film that are really good, there's like this Christmassy scene that goes on in the film, is really good, um, there's a, there's an acid kill in the movie that's really good, but I mean, yeah, overall, I mean, that movie is just a freaking insanity trip, and it's just bonkers from start to finish, and I'll tell you what, man, that was a, it was an idea for sure, maybe not the best idea, but it was an idea for sure, and if you couldn't tell from what I'm talking about, it's definitely my least favorite of uh, the Child's Play slash Chucky films. Um, from there, we take another break, and probably the longest break we've had in the series. Yeah. Um, we go from there, we go to Curse of Chucky, which, for some reason, I don't have the release date in front of me. But, um... Yeah, man, we take a good long break from the Chucky series because, you know, Seed of Chucky did not hit well with people. And 
did not hit too well with people at all, you know, and, you know, so they took some time off and revamped everything, decided, um, what do we need to do, where do we need to go from here, and they ended up going to Curse of Chucky, 2013, there we go. Uh, so yeah, took a good break. I mean, last film came almost 10 years before we get our next Chucky film. And this film, if I remember correctly, released straight to home video. And I freaking love this movie, man. Curse of Chucky goes back to its horror and slasher roots and not really a comedy. I, don't, I, don't, I just watched the film again recently. I don't remember laughing at too much in this film. This film is, again, it goes back to like that first film and even the second film where it's very serious and it just it relies on tension, relies on horror, and they do a really good job with Curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky is a hidden gem, if you will, if you ask me, because that movie is just so good, and if you get the chance to watch it, check it out, man, because don't let Seed of Chucky ruin it for you. Curse of Chucky is a dang good horror slasher film. And then from there, we went to uh, Cult of Chucky, uh, Colts of Chucky 2017, so not that long after Curse of Chucky, and Cult of Chucky, it continues the storyline, because they created some other storyline, it's still the same storyline, but they created a new, I don't freaking know, man, it, it, started to get, it starts turning into, like, this whole other thing where, uh, Chucky's doing some stuff, so we get to Cult of Chucky, man, and, uh, speaking of Curse, and Cult of Chucky is starring Fiona Dorff, um, who is, of course, Brad Dorff's real-life daughter. And Brad Dorff has been the voice of Chucky since 1988, the only voice of Chucky. And he's done a fantastic job, and he is Chucky. And his daughter being added to the film series is a really cool, really cool nod, man. And she's she's great. She does a great job in all the films uh, that she's been in so far. And so Cult of Chucky it was a very interesting idea. They continued the storyline from... Uh, from Curse of Chucky, because remember the first Child's Play, th first three Child's Play films dealt with Andy Barkley and the Barkley family, and then Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky didn't really deal with anything, um, and then as far as family wise, I mean obviously Bride of Chucky had a point to it, Seed of Chucky I have no freaking idea, um, but yeah, we started a whole new storyline involving Fiona Doris' character and her family, and then they br they bring up the Barkley family, and they kind of connect everything. It's really cool. I remember the first time watching the film, and I saw that connection. I'm like, holy freaking crap. My, my freaking mouth dropped. I was like, yes, this is so awesome. Um, yeah, freaking loved it. And yeah, Cult of Chucky is not a bad movie. It has, there's a scene in Cult of Chucky that I kid you not, every time I get to it, I freaking rewatch the scene over and over and over and over again and just laugh my behind off because it's just it's freaking hilarious it's so stupid and it's so hilarious but it's like it's that hilarious stupid that's a good hilarious stupid as opposed to like a stupid hilarious stupid like seed of chucky <laughs> um but yeah cult of chucky was a fun movie introduced introduced a new idea to the whole uh chucky uh, mythology and everything it gave us a new idea of what kind of stuff he can do you know, and it's got its bonkers moments for sure, but again, it still has enough seriousness to it to where you're like, okay, this kind of makes sense. This kind of works, you know? So, yeah, they've, they've been on a good track. Um, after Seed of Chucky, they've kind of redeemed themselves. And after that, they announced that they were doing a TV show. And then after that was announced, MGM decided, hey, we're getting back in the Chucky business. Uh, it's been 30 years since the original film came out. We want to get back into this. 
And they've seen other horror movies being remade, like, uh, around that same time, I want to say the new Halloween film came out, Halloween 2018 came out, and, you know, that was obviously very successful, and they were like, hey, MGM's like, hey, we want to get back into this, so them and Orion decide to remake Child's Play, because in a weird turn of events, they own the rights to the first Child's Play film, so they have the right to remake it and all that, even though they're even though the original series is still going on and they're still making things. So we do a remake. The remake releases in 2019. And it's damn good. A damn good remake. Very good, very serious. Great ideas of what they did with it. They introduced it to a new age, new technology. Because, I mean, let's be honest, kids aren't playing with toys and dolls all that much anymore. So you got to make it updated to what's going on in this day and age. And... They did a great job. They connected it to, te uh, to, te to technology and our dependence on technology. And freaking good movie. Mark Hamill is our Chucky in his film. Mark Hamill, fantastic voice actor. I will obviously pick Brad Dorf over him every single time. Uh, as far as the role of Chucky goes. As far as acting as well. Brad Dorf's an amazing actor. He deserves a lot more credit as far as his acting abilities. Um, but yeah, the remake... The Child's Play remake is really solid. It was a really good film. Really well done. And I enjoyed that. I enjoy it, man. I owned it. I saw it in theaters. Loved it. Seeing a Chucky film in theaters was just amazing. To have that experience once again. For actually the first time, to be honest with you. It was the first time I've ever seen a Chucky film in theaters was the remake. And it was really cool to see. And, you know, I had a great time seeing it. And I owned the DVD and I went through it this weekend. I've watched it several times. Great, Greatly done. Great idea. And now where does that leave us? So, while they own the rights to the first Child's Play film, they do not own the rights to any of the Child's Play sequels. So trying to make a Child's Play sequel, or quote-unquote a Child's Play 2, they're going to get into a lot of trouble and have a lot of stuff to work on there. As far as the original series goes, the Chucky TV series is still happening. It will be on Sci-Fi and USA, but it is... Postponed. Uh, I was expected to release in 2021, but now they're starting production in 2021 with all the nonsense that's been going on with this virus and everything. So we're going to have to wait, man. We're going to have to wait for the Chucky TV series, but by all means, it looks like it's going to be a solid, a solid fun run. So hope you enjoyed that, man. Hope you enjoyed my run through my favorite horror franchise, my favorite horror icon, the Chucky, the Chucky killer doll. Absolutely love that doll. I've bought as many Funko Pops as I can. Eventually, one day, I will get a real-life Chucky doll. I'm pretty sure I'll get a Chucky tattoo at some point as well. But I've always loved the Chucky films. And to me, anytime somebody mentions the top four horror icons, I'm like, boot Leatherface out of that thing and put Chucky in there. Because Chucky, to me, much better film series. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I think his film series is much better than uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And probably Friday the 13th, too. Probably hit a couple people with that one, but just can being honest, that's how I feel. That's my thoughts. Obviously, people have other thoughts, but yeah, I think he deserves more credit as a horror icon. I think he's been the one that's been lasting, and honestly, been doing pretty freaking good, man. Uh, those Texas Chainsaw Maskers aren't doing all that great, and that's why they keep rebooting the freaking thing. But you know, nonetheless, I think he deserves to be in that category of the the top four horror slasher icons for sure. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit of bias because I love them. But at the same time, you just take a seat back and look at it. You look at all the horror icons, man. I think Chucky's bigger than Leatherface and freaking Pinhead. I said it. 
deal with it. <laughs> um, nonetheless, man, that was this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed my, uh, hope you enjoyed the news. Hope you enjoyed my talking of Chucky. Next week, probably have some more time to, uh, jump into some horror movies and look at what else we got new going on, see what's cooking out there. Horror movie-wise, uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror is back out, so if you get the chance to check that out, check it out. First episode was super solid, man. It was about, um, murder houses so house of thousand corpses was talked about which is fantastic y'all know how much i love me some rob zombie and his movies so that was cool you know what maybe i'll do that maybe i'll jump into rob zombie's film series who knows where i'm going <laughs> no the next week's episode but all you can know is that i will be back next week with a brand new episode geeking out about movies man but nonetheless hope you enjoyed this episode hope everybody out there is doing great and continue to have great life and remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.